mean no one comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. podcast live this week on our facebook page it is wednesday october 10th 2018 we're back on our normal night uh after celebrating the capital stanley cup banner going to the rafters at capital one arena last week uh but we have tons to talk about this week including the championship rematch uh everything is all shook up in the worst division in football but first our show is brought to you by qb 54 football season is in the heart of the biggest battles and it's time for you to get ready for those weekend tailgate parties and pre-games with the best game that money can buy go to playqb54.com and use promo code podcast to get 20 percent off of your order again that is playqb54.com use promo code podcast to get 20% off of your order. Get in the game today. Let's get Dave in here on the line with us, our co-host each and every week. Dave, how are you doing, bud? Jim, we're doing good. Uh, it's been a good evening. Uh, had a good night bowling and uh, made up for a terrible day at work. So uh, you got to take the good with the bad here. The, the Panthers are uh, looking pretty decent somehow, and uh, that's about what we got at the moment. There you go. The uh, Capitals currently up 2-1 to one in the Stanley Cup rematch over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Of course, we all know what happened the last time that those two teams mixed it up. The Capitals, uh, you know, raising their first and only franchise the Stanley Cup in uh, Vegas back in Game 5 back in June. And the uh, Caps kind of picking up where they left off. The scoring is hot and heavy. And uh, like I said, 2-1 to one currently. I'll check back in on that score uh, a little bit later in the show. You're following along with us on the live video. Make sure you give it a like and a share. Get as many people in here as possible on a Wednesday night. We're going to be with you for about the next hour uh, talking some sports. And, you know, Dave, let's uh, remind people that if they want to get in on the action on the week-to-week uh, college football pick you can do that at tinyurl.com slash huddleuppick'em. Again, tinyurl.com slash huddleuppick'em. Uh, and, and I, I've been enjoying doing the picks. Didn't have as good of a week, uh, this past week. I thought I was closing in on you a tad, uh, but you, uh, you, you're, you're still out in the lead. I'm, I'm going to do my best to catch you by the end. 
I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. I think it's a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Probably. All right, let's uh, look look back to this past uh, weekend in college football. A, a pretty big shakeup, and it always seems to be at least one of these weekends uh, every season. You had the uh, the a shakeup: uh, Oklahoma, Michigan State, Auburn, LSU, and Stanford uh, all falling. Um, of course, now Texas jumping. Uh, up into the top 10 from number 19, which we'll talk about that. Uh, Dave, which of these losses do you think stands out to you as probably the most uh, surprising or impactful as the uh, kind of the second half, if you will, of the college football season plays itself out? I think the most, there's a couple ways to take that. I mean, LSU's isn't super surprising because they have the big game this weekend on deck and they were in a, um, soft look-ahead spot. However, I think the, the loss that has to be the most surprising is the Oklahoma-Texas game um, for the sheer fact that, yes, I think the game did – the, did the game get to overtime or was the time expired? I forget. Uh, I um, think that one was as time expired. It was time expired. Yeah, I can't keep it straight. But uh, <laughs> Oklahoma was down three scores in the fourth quarter there. So, I mean, Texas really um, – Again, one of the things that, that, that I've preached over these three, four years doing the podcast is you've got to look at the stat line. Um, Texas really dominated this game per se, and the score is a lot closer than the majority of the game was. Um, kind of like if you look at the the uh, Green Bay-Detroit game from this NFL week, Green Bay dominated the game. They just had an inept kicker, and Detroit scored a couple of real short drives that kind of skewed the stats a bit. So, um, again, you got to look at more than just the final score because Texas was pretty damn dominant in this game. Yeah, they were. It was pretty impressive. And again, when when you we talk about these Big Twelve matchups, uh, a lot of times the the ones where both teams are in the top twenty five can sometimes just be sort of a crapshoot, and you know which team has the ball last and those sort of things. But yeah, when you, when you look at the game inside the numbers, um, it, it was surprising just how good Texas looked uh, in, in that in that matchup. Yeah, looking over the rest of them, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, Michigan State. Um, you know, losing Northwestern. Northwestern always seems to be one of those teams that gives people trouble, but I, I, I never really know how good Michigan State truly is. Uh, Auburn, if you, again, looked at those numbers, probably one of the worst teams when you're talking about top 15, top 10 uh, going into this past weekend uh, of play. And, and Stanford, I, my, my dad and I were talking about it on Sunday. Um, I, I feel like Stanford always loses to Utah. I, I don't know... Um, what the actual statistics on that, but I, I feel like every year it's it's Stanford losing to Utah um, in Provo. Like it, it, even though they they go back and forth where they play, but it just seems to always happen. So yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Dave. That that you know the Oklahoma loss slash Texas win, um, probably the biggest, most surprising, and and definitely I think most impactful as we play out the rest of the year. And to that point, you know everybody wants to. Um, be so quick to label teams when you get a big win to this, you know, who's back, are they back, uh, is this kind of a mirage sort of a thing, but, um, you know, Herman down there at, at, at Texas, you know, really quickly has, uh, gotten his players to believe in what they're doing. And, you know, when you, when you, you put up a game like this now, again, big 12, you know, defense, uh, you, you know, tends to be lacking. What would that, what would a Texas team do? Uh, in a matchup against another conference, but you know, in terms of coming out of the Big Twelve, you you got to think that Texas is back if you want to put that label on it, at least in in their region of the world. 
Yeah, Jim, I, uh, I agree. I mean, I think that you also got to look at this too, and does this hurt the Big 12? I mean, realistically, you need someone to run the table in the Big 12 to, to realistically get in still in my eyes. So Texas has to win out, and more than likely they're playing Oklahoma in the championship game again. So uh, maybe West Virginia squeezes in something, you know what I mean, something along those lines. But you, you realistically need Texas to win out now. Right. Um, and, I mean, I don't know if this Texas team is good enough to do it or not. I'm not saying one way or the other. Um, but Oklahoma was realistically the best shot to, to win out. Um, the other thing I will add about everything that we've said so far, but is this Alabama team one of the best college football teams of all time? I mean, I don't know that if they bring – I don't know how I don't know that there's more than a couple of teams that if Alabama brings their B effort can beat them. If they have their A effort, I don't think a single team in college football can touch them. Um I, I was having uh I was having discussions with somebody uh I think on Twitter about this on, on Sunday or Monday. And and I'm I'm not going to disagree that Alabama absolutely looks by and large better than any other college football team in the nation right now. Uh, I, I don't think that's that's a, a point that's up for debate. What what I what I will say is you're I think you're looking at a at a team that hasn't um I, I, I still argue hasn't truly been tested and and really um they they only until the SEC championship or the playoffs only really have one true test and that comes uh, with LSU. So um, are they the best this year? Currently, I mean, you you can't argue again numbers and and what they're doing. Um, again, s- schedule discrepancies, you know, can be argued all day. Uh, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna find out uh, again as the, the the rest of the season plays out because you know, unless some something really screwy happens, um, Alabama is is punching their ticket to the college football playoff again this year. So when you so, get Jim, hypothetical hypothetical question then. Whoever the, the looking at the look ahead Vegas spread lines for the college football playoff against Alabama, they are favored by 7.5 or more against any team in the country on a neutral site. Would you take any team catching a touchdown against Alabama right now? Um, I, I, I just again, I, I don't, I don't know. Right now, sitting here tonight, probably not, because. I, I want to see Alabama against I, I mean against LSU I, I, I you know just based on on rankings this past weekend and I had to eat a little crow on it and made a little funny uh, edit to the picture um, but there was there was only two teams you know in the in in the top ten on their schedule um, and and now of course Auburn has kind of proven itself to be a fraud a bit there um, and and you know LSU with the loss but but you. You know, I, I want to see what they look like against LSU. So sitting here today, like I said, yeah, I, I, I think I would still favor them, you know, and, and I don't think that that line is uh, incorrect. But, uh, you know, let's see how it plays out. Let's see them get through LSU. Let's see them get through the, the, the SEC championship. And I think those numbers, you know, may come down. I don't know. And if they don't and, and they, they look this dominant, you know, in the uh, in the SEC championship game or whatever, um, I, I don't even know if it, if it's going to be fair to play out the the college football playoff games. Maybe just save everybody a bit of pain and uh, hand them the title from the word go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got a couple of, uh, I mean, you got uh, Georgia having LSU this weekend, and I think that line is grossly overinflated. Kind of jumping ahead into the the top twenty five matchups, driving you nuts because I'm not following the script, but that's my job. Oh. So, like like this script um, is written in ink. 
it's a good week when we have a script written, so I'm just kind of playing it like normal. So, um, But with the Georgia-LSU game, not going to really talk about the sides or anything, but more of a, a, a Vegas perspective here in Dave's eyes, so take that for what it's worth. Um, but the look-ahead line on this was was Georgia um, about three-and-a-half-ish, three-to-four, call it. And then with, with uh, LSU's loss last weekend, Georgia is now seven-point road favorites, I believe. Um probably trending upwards because there's going to be a lot of people that don't want to back LSU right now, but right. Um, getting that much value at home uh, is a really good spot for LSU. I'll just put it that way that if I'm, if I'm putting cash on this game, it is a hundred percent behind the Tigers and no one. Yeah. You know, and you know, I think, I think I saw, cause uh, you know, obviously I follow a lot of um, media members around the Northern Indiana area and they uh they they said that as of now i think alabama would be a 14 and a half point favorite against uh my irish um uh, if you if you get that rematch from from 2012 the the game that now at least in college football's eyes never happened um but you know i i, I just what, what, what was the final score in that game out of curiosity i forget god i think alabama just scored again actually so it's somewhere in like the two hundred to to three range, something like that. I mean, it was, it was. Uh, put it this way: Big Jim wasn't sweating it out that night. <laughs> it was, it was uh, the 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 game was well in hand very early for Alabama. Um, but uh, Big Jim was drunk by the second quarter, blackout style. Oh yeah, yeah. It was because uh, the funny thing, like Sean, who's uh, you know going to be joining us the, throughout the year when he can. Um, he was on his way back from like a, um, business conference in, in Virginia, I think. And he got there, the game was realistically already over by the time he got there. So we just started doing Irish car bombs and, uh, drinking ourselves stupid. Cause at that point, why not? Um, but you know, like I said, I, there's, we're, we're halfway through the year for all intents and purposes. Um, a lot of teams are, have played six. Some teams have just played five. Uh, so we're we're about at the halfway point. I, I think you're starting to see who some of the the, the great teams. There's you know I, I probably only I'm mean, only going to put Alabama in that like elite category right now. Um, but there's there's still plenty of football to be played. There, there's um, obviously those those kind of intangible things that you can't uh, put your finger on yet that that happen from time to time. And of course you know you never want to see it happen. Um, you know injuries can happen. There's uh, you know, just mistakes made. Like we're talking about kids here, you know, when you, and, uh, you know, you come down to, you know, field goal kicks or, uh, you know, these clutch moments and, and you never know what's going to happen, uh, because you are dealing with, uh, with kids. So, you know, again, Alabama, definitely the best team in the country right now, undebatable, but you know, where will we be in a month when the, uh, cause I think what in about a, you know, three, three weeks or so, the, your first playoff rankings come out. Where will we be once you get through championship weekends? Like, there's there's still a lot more football to be played than has been. So, uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily like to get too attached to these kind of best ever, uh, uh, you know, labels or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I think you have a fair point there, and it's it's just. Um, I have to show Alabama some love as harsh as I was sure. on them last year. Now, granted, <laughs> I was only half as harsh on Alabama. It was more towards that uh, ridiculous quarterback Jalen Hurts that they have that was getting all this hype when he he's, he would make Eli Manning look like a freaking all-pro <laughs> pro bowler. 
Yeah, so, and um, obviously they've corrected that, and by God have they corrected that, which you know is is terrifying in and of itself. Um, I mean, I'm just surprised that it took Saban that long to correct it because I mean, yeah, he usually is pretty genius with football, but what the hell took so long? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I I still don't know how Ian Book wasn't the week one starter for Notre Dame that that still baffles me but uh no talking about Notre Dame this week Dave they don't have a a head-to-head matchup in the top 25 so let's go to the the games that are say that again please they do not have a head-to-head top 25 matchup but neither does Alabama no no talking about Notre Dame I said I said we're I said we're done we're done with it uh all right we got number two Georgia who is six and oh and uh a seven and a half uh point favorite so like you said that is that number is starting to move up uh, even a little bit more there at number 13 LSU who comes in at five and one uh, the over under on this one 50 and a half this one Saturday uh, the 13th at 3:30 on CBS um, man you know Georgia obviously uh, you know may be the closest thing to Alabama at this point um, but you know it's you're, you're talking about an LSU team that that had looked very good throughout the first month of the season um, they, they come off of a loss. They're coming back home. Uh, if this were a night game, I'd probably be a little stronger, uh, towards LSU, uh, just because, um, you know, that, that, that place gets weird on a Saturday night. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to give Georgia the edge here, but I don't think they, they hit that seven and a half number. So I'm going to take LSU with the points. I'm going to take Georgia outright and I, I'm going to go the under. I'm going to go under the again 50 and a half is that number there. I'm going to go under on that. I think you're going to get a little more of a defensive matchup. Uh a little more typical SEC if you want to label it that. Uh so uh like I said, LSU with the points, uh but Georgia outright and the under. Jim, I, I like where your head's at. I mean, I'm on all three that are the same there, uh except for the fact that I'm going to grow a pair and say that uh madness happens down in uh the Louisiana swamp, the bayou, whatever you want to call it, uh, and LSU upsets Georgia to throw some madness in it. So I am all for the madness, so I kind of really want to see this happen because uh, this could make the SEC very, very interesting. So uh, one of my one of my uh, favorite terms, screw the points, give me LSU straight up on the money line, two, two and a half to one, something along those lines, and uh, let's go. Boom. Uh, after two, the Capitals still leading that game two to one. Uh, so uh, one more period to go, and we can get oh, back. What are what are the Capitals? The, Remind me. The Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals leading two to one over the Stanley Cup runner-up Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, let's go to Saturday, uh, number seven Washington, who is five and one. They're a three-point road favorite at number seventeen Oregon, who comes in at four and one uh, off the bye week. The the over/under on this one fifty-seven and a half. This one is uh, three thirty. Uh, Eastern time on ABC or ESPN2, depending on your regional coverage. So check your local listings there. Um, I, I actually like Oregon in this matchup a lot. You know, you're, you, you you have a chance to rebound from what happened against Stanford a couple weeks ago. Uh, you're, you're, you're still at home. Uh, you know, that, that crowd's always nuts there. You know, you're on your uh, 400th different uniform combination in the last 300 games. Um, and I, I just, I don't know how good Washington is. I don't, I honestly don't know how good anyone in the PAC 12 truly is. I mean, I, I think you still have a, a, a case where, 
you know, USC could sneak up and win the whole damn thing. So I, I, I don't think Washington is what everyone hoped they would be going into this year. We already see them drop a game, and I think they drop another one. Oregon going to try and make a case for themselves in the Pac-12. And when we're talking about the Pac-12, I generally like to take the over, and I'm going to do the same. So Oregon outright with the over. Well, just to be a contrarian, because I don't think you know college football at all, I'm taking Washington with a giant gulp and um, a shot of whiskey. <laughs> and I'm going to take the uh, the uh, under just to go against you. Um, I do like this Oregon team, so uh, take that into consideration. It's a pure uh, contrarian to what Jim thinks. So um, we'll go from there. But uh, I do think Oregon has some life in this. But this is a game to determine if they're really ready to play with the big boys or not yet. I very good. And if you want to get in any takes, be it college football, be it pro football, you can do that. You can call into the show 401-347-0613 and use pin 29312 when prompted. You can also find that on our social media post. Make sure you're following with us. If you've found our video, make sure you like the page at facebook.com slash huddle up podcast. And on Twitter, we are at huddle up podcast. Uh, we are also part of the NGSC Sports Radio Network. Visit them at NGSCSports.com. So Saturday, the game where College Game Day will be setting up shop in Ann Arbor, Michigan this weekend. Number 15, Wisconsin, comes in at 4-1 and one, uh, against number 12, Michigan, who is 5-1 and one and a 7.5-point favorite at home. The over-under on this one at 47.5. This one is, of course, the night game, 8 o'clock on ABC. Uh, man, this, this one, I like this matchup a lot because it's, it's, it's that, you know, Midwest, that, that, the great Midwest rivalry, um, you know, Michigan has, you know, at, at, at times this year looked really, really good putting up big numbers. Of course, the defense, um, is, is, it has been the story. Don Brown's defense for Michigan, uh, has been the story over the last couple of years. I uh, had a couple guys rest up last week. So I think Michigan comes out here and comes out firing. Uh, I, I, I think if you can if you can stop the run, which Michigan can do, I think you, you, you have the recipe for, for beating Wisconsin. I like Michigan. I like with the points. I'm going to just go all big blue because I already know where you're going, Dave. So I'm already beating you to being contrarian as well. Absolutely no doubt I'm going with Big Red here. I mean, uh, you're just going with Big Blue so your wife's not pissed at you when she listens to this tomorrow. So I mean, you're not wrong. Um, let's be it, – it's not a contrarian pick against me. It's a pick so you don't have to sleep on the sofa for the 14th consecutive night. <laughs> hey, some, sometimes you got to do the smart thing, Dave. Please teach me how to do that. <laughs> I think you're beyond so I help. Think, uh, yeah, I'm beyond hope, man. But uh, I think that this Wisconsin team is just going to wear down this Michigan team. Um, I think this is going to be extremely low scoring, although when it looks like it should be low scoring on paper, it's only one of those games that somehow something ridiculous happens and um, there's a lot more points scored than expected. Um, I think that this is going to really show how good Wisconsin's offensive line is. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but I do like Wisconsin here. I think they're just going to slowly and slowly wear down that Michigan defense that uh, really, truly hasn't been tested. The, um, I mean, their, their biggest test so far was, was Notre Dame when they had that uh, Wim Slacker kid as his quarterback. <laughs> so um, if they were to play Notre Dame with uh, Book, I think this Michigan defense would be looked at a lot differently in all honesty. But uh, 
I, I mean, I, I do like this Wisconsin team in this spot. So hopefully uh, Dave's right again, and hopefully uh, Jim sees the couch. Well, I mean, I'm still safe because I picked the good guys, uh, regardless of what happens. So uh, let's let's Dave let's jump over to the uh, to the NFL where uh, we're going to look at what is, in my opinion, the worst division um, in the NFL, and uh, I could be biased on it and just seeing how bad things are going. But a, a division that's filled with four teams, none of which are over 500. The Redskins in the lead at two and two, and everybody else is worse than that. Um, man, it's we feel like we, you know, for, for an, a few years had an NFC East that was the best and most competitive division uh, in the NFL, and now we feel like we've backtracked to a time when the, it was the worst. And 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 I, I honestly, I mean, it's it's sad that any of these teams right now could eventually obviously be a, a division winner and playoff team because sitting here today in the middle of October, I don't think any of them deserve it. Um, Dallas is Dallas is only as good as their uh, terrible offense is. Uh, the Redskins are, you know, it's like Jekyll and Hyde with them. Uh, Odell Beckham is destroying the Giants from within, which is beautiful. And Lord only knows what's going on with the Eagles. It, 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 the whole division is just a mess. I don't know that I need to say much more than that. That's pretty accurate. But uh, we at least have uh, – we as the, the Panthers at least have two wins within the division. So we have the Redskins this week and then the uh, the uh, Eagles next week. So, um, God, I hope we go 4-0 because that's going to be a uh, statement there on how bad it is because we are not that good of a football team. But we need to take the wins where we can get them. So side note, it's been an ex- – I, I, I just want to call it down. I know I'm kind of jumping around, Jim, but um, – what kind of interestingness is this, that the the Redskins come off a bye and they have to play Monday night, and then the Saints are going on a bye off of a Monday night game? Like, it's just a weird scheduling oh, the, so far this year. Yeah, the, the, the scheduling is, is, is goofy as all hell, um, and and I, I can never make heads or tails of it, you know, with the NFL. I mean, the it seems like every league. I mean, you, of course, we had the weird start to the NHL season with the Capitals playing a home and away. Then they get a week off, and now they have a home and away uh, tonight and tomorrow. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm no expert on how schedules are made, but sometimes it, it, they they just seem to lack uh, some some logic and, and reasoning and, and understanding to it. So, um, but yeah, you know, you you guys hopefully Dave should should you know, skate through the, uh, the NFC East and, and walk out with four wins from that division. Um, we, we don't want to, I kind of hope Washington smacks us around a little bit this week, which I think is very possible for the record. I mean, Washington is favored and off of that, uh, shellacking they got on, uh, Monday night, they're going to come in pretty pissed off and hungry. So, um, just throwing that out there that Carolina is in trouble this week, uh, in, in my eyes, but, uh, we get beat this week. There's no way in hell we're losing to the Eagles, <laughs> which if there's <clears throat> for me, there's a week to lose. Do it this one. Beat the Eagles. Um, Dave, this past Monday, of course, in that Saints-Redskins game, Drew Brees becomes the uh, all-time leader in passing yards. He now sits at 72,103 yards in his career. Uh, just a crazy number. And again, like, you know, we're, we're in a time where we've seen this record broken a few times. Uh, I don't think this will be the last time we see it broken. Just uh, it's a passing league. It's a lot easier to be. A, a, a great quarterback in terms of numbers that you put up, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like whittle down, uh, you know, Drew Brees and say that he's only only a product 
of the the current NFL because like you you know you still have to have talent there to you know to do the things that he did and and like Peyton Manning did before him and all those but you know it, it's we're going to continue to see offensive records especially passing records and receiving records I think get broken because um like I said the quarterback's very protected you know you can't you can't touch a receiver those sort of things but um you know it, it's Drew Brees was always a always a guy that I enjoyed watching play. He's a little, you know, he's a he's a shorter quarterback, and he just loves going out there and moving around, slinging the ball around. And um, it, it's 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 another opportunity for for football fans right now to see one of the best, and we'll put it that way, at least in the modern era, to ever do it. So congratulations to Drew Brees. I agree. Congratulations to Drew Brees, and I mean this is just. The, the thing that stands out to me on this is, is how good of an accomplishment, accomplishment this is given his size. Right. However, I, I would like to say that you like to say, oh, it's fun to watch Drew Brees sling the ball around. Well, you don't have to play him twice a freaking year. So oh, I have a slightly wrong. different view on that, uh, <laughs> having to watch him play us twice a year. So um, I enjoy watching him throw the ball around 14 weeks out of the year. But, uh, man, is it tough uh, going against him. Yeah, I can only imagine as, you know, the the quarterbacks in, in my division over the past, you know, 10, 15 years have been like, I mean, I can't even keep track of how many the Redskins have had. You know, you've had like McNabb and then, uh, you know, the, 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 the few that the Eagles rolled through before you get to Carson Wentz and then, you know, Sling Blade in, in New York. So uh, it's a little easier for me to uh, to be happy when I see Drew Brees playing unless he's shredding the Cowboys, which has happened pretty much every time they play. Uh and Dave, before we get to the uh the picks for this coming weekend, uh there's a possibility that we have our first snow game uh of the of the NFL season this year as uh, as of last check, which was earlier earlier today, um in Denver where the uh, the Rams come come a call into the um to the Denver Broncos, there is a uh, currently a forty percent chance of snow showers uh, throughout the day. So, um, it, you know, it's it's if you if you look at the, the way weather has been, and obviously it's been like crazy wet here and super hot out west, and um, you know, of course, our our thoughts and prayers are with uh, everyone in the path of Hurricane Michael uh, right now. Quite a dangerous situation down in Florida today, um, and and we wish everyone the best if they're in the path of that. Uh, but you know you 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 see a, a hurricane, you know making landfall today. There is like blizzard warnings in like Montana and stuff like that, and a potential for snow uh, in an NFL game this Sunday. So it's 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 pretty wild in the middle of October. Just uh, the extremes across the country that we can get. Yeah, it's just uh, it's incredible, and I mean no one can slow down this this Rams offense, but maybe the snow can. I mean, what does that do to the offense, in all honesty? And I have no clue. Yeah. But uh, I don't think Denver's defense is all that good. Mm-mm. I mean, the, the Jets just hung a uh, 30 spot on them. So. Yeah, I mean, I, Isaiah Crowell uh, put up almost th- was almost 300 yards on the ground against the Denver Broncos. Like, think of the, the Broncos team that won the Super Bowl just a few years back. and, and... No, no, no. What? What? 
I'm not thinking of the Broncos team that won the Super Bowl. So okay, through yeah, you, Jim. <laughs> a completely unintentional. But think about that Broncos defense uh, the year after they won the Super Bowl to make it a little softer for Precious Dave. Um, but they they were so good and they were so dominant and you know teams could never run the ball against them and Isaiah Crowell for the New York Jets put up almost 300 yards like I can only imagine what what's going through the mind of Todd Gurley as he prepares for this weekend um, and and boy I hope so I, I hope the forecast clears up I don't need him uh, having to run through snow and risk injury there uh, for my fantasy team but uh, that's something we'll keep an so eye on. What are you on. gonna do? What are you going to do in the fantasy playoffs when Gurley's already sitting out because they've clinched the, the best record in the uh, NFC? Like, you kind of just screwed yourself there, Jim. <laughs> well, I mean, right now, uh, this this has been the fantasy season from hell for me. This is one of those ones where, like, everybody has their best week against me in every league that I'm in. So, like, I'm I'm I think the best standing that I am in in any of my leagues right now is, like, 8 out of 12. So... I'm just trying to make it to the playoffs. So I'm going to run Todd Gurley into the ground, hope I make the playoffs, and then figure it out from there because nothing else makes sense at this point uh, as it comes to my fantasy football life. Um, but again, you got to follow the Dave recipe for success for winning fantasy leagues. Just throwing that? it out there. Auto picking? <laughs> All right, let's go to this weekend's uh, games, the four we picked out. Uh, you have the Chargers at three and two, and a one point uh, favorite at the two two and one Cleveland Browns, who have all all sorts of new life with uh, with Baker Mayfield. And, and really, if you look at it, Dave, two weeks ago when they played the Raiders, they absolutely got got corked on a call that uh, that that probably would have put the Browns at three one and one at this point. Um, but uh, again, two one and one. The over under forty four and a half. This one one o'clock Sunday on CBS. Uh, I I love the Browns. I I don't think the Chargers are that good. I think their defense really isn't that good. Um, and and Cleveland at home with Baker. I think you know that 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 city. I mean, it, it's kind of almost like it. It is kind of like laughable that at two and two and one, uh, your your city is coming alive. But you know, if you think about the expectation for this team, and and they have put a pretty solid team together. I'm not saying that they're some sort of Super Bowl contender, but I like the Browns at home. I'll take the under on this one, but I like Cleveland to win. Good pick, Jimmy. You're getting the hang of this finally. However, I would like to call out that 3-1-1 one, and one on the Browns is incorrect. The Browns could realistically be 4-0-1. Oh, uh, actually, realistically, they could be 5-0. and oh. Yeah. I mean, they lost that. The their other losses to New Orleans in uh, either overtime or as time expired when Absolutely. their football kicker missed a couple kicks as well. So, um, there's still value on this Browns team. I mean, the Browns should be favored in this game. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Browns. I think that they win this straight up. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a couple even not looking over games that uh, we aren't going to be picking today. I thought that there was some weird um, favorites and dogs uh, throughout this entire. Uh, NFL landscape so I don't know if it's just kind of a weird thing where the money's going or what but um, let's go to uh, one o'clock Vegas on... always knows oh, death. now that's what that is that is pretty much your tagline here Dave uh, you have the three and one Chicago Bears coming off the bye they're a three-point road favorite at Miami who is three and two um, and, and who is looking to you know try and 
keep pace now at this point, I think, with the Patriots. We'll talk about them in a in a second. The over-under on this game is 42. Again, 1 o'clock on Fox. Um, you know, I, I don't think Trubisky and company is going to come out and throw six more touchdowns this Sunday, although they probably could against the Dolphins. Um, but but I, I like the Bears. I like this Bears team a lot. They're in a division that um, I don't even know what the heck is going on in that division. Green Bay and Minnesota both look just um, absolutely not what we expected them to be. So, you know, I think there's a lot of reason to believe that the Bears, um, like I said, at least from a division standpoint, could be onto something special this year. So give me the Bears, and I'm actually going to take the over on this one. I like the uh, I like the Bears in the under here, Jim. We're two for two on the same picks, and I think that the Bears win this game by ten points. Uh, matchup being uh, the Bears' defensive line against the Dolphins' offensive line should be uh, pretty dominant, um, and I don't know that the the Dolphins are going to be able to do anything to give any type of time to the quarterback, and that's going to result in some issues there. Um, but I do like the under in this one, so I think you got half of it right with the Bears. But uh, we'll see how it play- pans out. Oh, half ain't too bad. It's uh, like most of my college tests. Uh, Ravens, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, three and two, uh, are a three-point favorite at the Tennessee Titans, who are also three and two. Uh, the over/under on this one forty-one. This one at four twenty-five p.m. Uh, on CBS. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't think Tennessee is as good as their record is putting up. Like, you know, when we talked about the Browns could very easily be five and zero. I think you're, you're, you're looking at a Titans team that is finding ways to win in, you know, in, in games, whether it's, you know, a, a poor opponent or what have you, they're finding ways to win. So you got to give them a little bit of credit there. Um, but, but I actually, I like this Ravens team on the road. I'm going to take them with the points. I'm going to take them to win outright. Uh, I am going to go the under though. I just don't know that either of these offense really is, is, that great and and even at 41 like you would think that two NFL teams in today's NFL should probably get over a combined 41 but I I just it's it's a matchup that I I don't I don't even really know uh in week number six who these two teams are uh I what I will say is like and and I mean I don't uh, I don't put money on games but if I if I would I I would kind of avoid this one because uh, even at a three point favorite and a forty one number it just uh, it for, in my opinion seems don't touch it. Jim, I agree with you on Baltimore again. This is uh, really scary here. Uh, we're normally <laughs> not in the same boat here, and I agree that uh, Baltimore should lay the uh, you should lay the points with Baltimore here if you're going to be wagering on this one. Um, I think that Baltimore is in a great bounce back spot, and I agree with you. I don't think uh, Tennessee is all that good this year. Um, I'm still not convinced on the health of Mariota. I mean, uh, Tennessee just got beat by the Bears, so, but right. um, kind of in, the, in the, or not the Bears, the Bills. Yes, but kind of in the same regard. Uh, Baltimore just got beat by the Browns, so I'm not really sure who's uh, who's better there. But I think that Baltimore is the better team, and uh, Justin Tucker's the best uh, field goal kicker in the NFL. So. Um, I, I think we can rely on that a little bit there. So I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and the over, uh, like, like we, we've talked about time and time again, not only, uh, over the years, but especially this year, I think the parody in this league is just, uh, astounding to me. Like, you know, when you, you look at teams that, um, you know, are, are, you know, one and four or, uh, you know, oh, and five, whatever, like that they could be 
two and three or three and two. And you look at a Browns team that's two, two and one, they could be five and oh. And there's teams that are, you know, four and one, maybe that probably could be at 500 or worse. So it's, and, and, and I don't think that you can really get a good grasp on what would you say, Dave, you know, 24, 25 of the 32 teams. Like, you know, I think that, you know, the, the Cardinals are pretty easy. They stink. Uh, the Bills, I mean, they stink. They've found a way to win a couple. Uh, the Chiefs are really good. The Patriots are starting to find themselves. It's kind of, you know, the same lather, rinse, repeat for the Patriots. But I think for most of the teams in the NFL, and we'll get to our final game in a second, but wouldn't you say that um, that, that this season just who, – who are most teams really at this point? Yeah, Jim, and I, I think you're spot on there with a lot of that. But uh, for a stat guy, like, I, I really enjoyed that, digging into the stats. This is kind of like football porn because it's all uh, it's all based on matchups. Like, as, as weird as that sounds, it's all based on who can exploit what on the other team and the situational type of things. So, I mean, I think it's really interesting, the NFL year this year. It's been a really good year for me so far. So, um, hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Keep it and rolling. Yes, they use the term football porn. <laughs> Why? Why not? Uh, all right, let's look at our final game uh, for this weekend in the NFL. You have the five and zero Kansas City Chiefs, who are a uh, and actually an underdog this week at three and two New England, uh, who is a three and a half point favorite. The over under on this one is at fifty nine and a half. Uh, this one is the is the night game on Sunday at eight twenty uh, on NBC. Uh, man, I, I think in terms of games this weekend, I think this one absolutely stands out as, as what should probably be the best one. I mean, you'll have a, have a good divisional rivalry, even though both teams in the division suck. Um, but rivalries are always fun to watch with, with like New York and Philly tomorrow night to kick everything off. But when, when you're talking about the best games of the weekend, this one, this one stands out to me. Can Mahomes and company keep rolling and, and, and stay undefeated? Uh, we'll know by that point if the Rams are still undefeated. So those are the ones that are left uh, that that haven't lost a game. You know, is this New England team the you know that that a couple of weeks ago team people were writing off, even though they kind of do the same thing uh, every year? There's a lot of good storylines in this game. I like Kansas City to win a close one. Um, so you know, I think that 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 three and a half points for New England is is probably about right. Because you know it's just that little bit of home field advantage, but I, I you know, Kansas City is not going to be scared by a, by a hostile environment, by a loud environment. I mean, their their stadium is the loudest in the NFL, so uh, I like Kansas City to win. Um, and and why the hell not? I'm going to roll with the points. Um, you know, teams have scored on on Kansas City this year, and teams are scoring on New England, and these are two high powered offenses. Um, so let it roll. Kansas City wins, and uh, the over. Jim, I hope you have the record button on. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, in the first time in the history of this podcast, I think I'm picking Bastard Brady and Bastard Belichick. Wow. Um, more, I, I, I was on the fence, and then you picked Kansas City, so it, it kind of made me a little <laughs> easier going to that 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 hated side. Um, I, I, a couple of things line up on me on this one that uh, Brady, and, Brady and Belichick know that this game is important. Mm-hmm. Um, if they win this game, they have the tiebreaker with Kansas City for home field advantage. That is um, correct. So they know this is a virtual two point game here, or two games swing in the standings. Because uh, I believe they're two games behind Kansas City at the moment. So that would make them essentially one game behind, but the tiebreaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And then um, the other thing that goes along with this is um, Brady and Belichick have long have played Thursday night, so they have a long rest on this one. Um, so I think that that's going to be a crucial piece that helps them. And um, I agree with something that you said um, in that the Kansas City defense is very vulnerable. Um, you bet your ass that Brady and Belichick having 10 days to decipher and dissect and deal with that, uh, they're going to figure something out. So um, I think that New England's going to win this game by double digits, and I think his game is going to stay under. New England's going to be smart and do a lot of slope, slow to the clock down, slow the, slow the, the game speed down, and somehow this game's going to stay under, but don't ask me how. How's that going to happen, Dave? No, the people are just going to have to watch and find out. Uh, and then, Dave, the final thing I have uh, for this week is the uh, the XFL. Of course, the uh, Alliance of American Football will be starting. Hey, What's up? Before we go to the XFL, I have I have one more NFL question for you. Oh, go ahead. So if it's a, a hypothetical situation here, that if it's like a fourth and one and you're in overtime and you're inside the opponent's 50, do you go for it or not? What a dick. Uh, you should go for it unless you're a redheaded moron uh, who is on the sidelines for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, how, how, first off, how he makes that decision or anybody on that coaching staff makes that decision to punt there is beyond me. And how you punt the ball without even bringing your offense out and trying to get the defense to jump is beyond me. Um, and, and how. Jason Garrett doesn't get fired on Monday after that game and that decision is beyond me. So um, it's it's pretty much par for the course uh, for the Cowboys at this point. Like, I, I feel really bad that a defense as good as theirs is riddled with that offense. It's, 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 I agree. It, I, I sympathize with you there. But the one thing I will say um, is I thought that it was an absolute – Brilliant call by uh, McVeigh out in, in Seattle there. Um, fourth quarter, minute 20, minute 40 on the clock, and fourth and one, and you go for it. Um, you punt the ball back, it's a realistic chance down or up two that they're going to have a chance to score. And you're only um, at fourth and one, you're pretty much a 50 50 chance at absolute worst. I mean, probably 55, 60% chance. So the odds are in your favor that you're going to convert there. Um, so you took the risk and you went for it by going for it. You wanted a game. Um, yeah. and if you, I mean, punting it does nothing really. And, and um, it, so I, I think that that was an absolute genius call. That's not getting enough credit. And I think it's an even better call looking what the buffoon did in Dallas. Right. And I mean, here's the thing. Like if, if, if Dallas's defense was as bad as it was, you know, a couple of years ago, I would agree with the decision to punt because you put that team as deep as possible and maybe hope that they make a mistake or run out of time and you tie. But if you have a defense as good as the Cowboys have been and had been that entire night, like I get that DeAndre Hopkins made a unbelievable play and, 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 you know, to, to, you know, extend the drive and, and get down in and, and, and end up uh, winning the game uh, for the Texans. But like your defense has, has bottled up that offense all night. So why not go for it and, and, you know, make them, you know, make them go out and just do it one more time, go out and make a stop, have faith in your defense. Like I, you know, that to me says, says so much about who Jason Garrett is as a coach. 
He has no clue that his defense is good enough. Um, and and man, just like and again, why not try and get the defense to jump? Because even if you get a delay a game, then you have more room for your punter to make that punt too. So yeah, it's just it was. I just kind of sat there partially with my jaw on the floor and part part of me just going it is the Cowboys that is who we are right now until Jason Garrett's not the coach which hopefully uh will be this year uh, but yeah like you said great great uh, b- job by uh by McVeigh to uh, have the guts and get the win um so yeah so one more thing I want to touch on with that though but just kind of going with the stats thing there Jim um I think the Texans were inside the Dallas five yard line three times and got a total of six points. So um, it was the Dallas defense as good as advertised in that game. I, I don't know because like, uh, you know, you got to look at that too. There, there was an extreme luck factor there that they only allowed six points when you're inside the five. I mean, I think you uh, opponents average like five and three quarters points when they're inside the five. So, yeah. um, I mean, you had a net of uh, roughly 10 points there that you gained on, on pure, I don't want to call it luck, but it's essentially what it is. So, um, parts of the game, though, that you have to analyze and say that, I mean, realistically speaking, Texans could have won this game by, by 15, 20 points, and it wouldn't have been any different in the stat line. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, in Washington, the Stanley Cup champion Capitals with a 3-2 to two lead over Vegas. The Capitals have a uh, have goals from Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and Backstrom. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have goals from Eakin and Riley Smith. So uh, about 13 minutes ago in that one, the Stanley Cup champions uh, still with the lead. What wasn't it last year? Like Vegas hadn't lost like two games in a row all year, and then the Caps beat them four in a row, and now this would be five in a row if we want to keep, uh, you know, if we want to keep that tally going. So um, I think the Capitals. I don't care if we lose the next six or eight against them. I mean, we got the, we got four that matters. That's ex- all I care. Exactly, and that is a point that they will never be able to take away from us so the xfl dave of course will be starting up play in 2020 uh after the nfl season wraps up the alliance of american football starts this february um and uh looking forward to that because it's it's football just keep letting the pigskin fly um but the xfl announced today that team cities will be announced uh sometime this fall so you got to think that uh i would think maybe by the end of this month early next month the host cities and they haven't even alluded to how many cities i want to say it's like six or eight is a a number that i read at one point but uh lord only knows um is there one city that you hope gets a uh gets an xfl franchise Hmm, that's an interesting question so i mean i'm assuming that they're going to go somewhere that uh doesn't have nfl franchisees correct would be to make the most sense right I would, I would imagine. I mean, it, you know, you kind of want to, uh, you know, grab a grab fan bases that, you know, want want live football and and don't currently have it. I mean, I think one spot that you absolutely have to look would be St. Louis. Mm. Um, it's got to be a got to be a look there. I mean, you you could look. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other areas. Uh, maybe Orlando, just given the the tourist population and. You know, hey, dad can go watch a football game while we go to Disney type of thing. Um, if they, I, again, there's a whole bunch of places that you could look, but you got to look at some populated areas per se. But uh, St. Louis would probably be the number one on my list off the uh, 
cuff there, putting me on the spot. I mean, Vegas wouldn't be a bad one just because it would put you uh, on the map and get some height there with football starting up. But uh, yeah. that would probably be my uh, number one there is uh, the good old St. Louis. St. Louis would be a good one. Um, for me, um, I, I think I think a city like San Antonio, I, I, you know, football – is big in Texas, obviously. I mean, they have high school stadiums that are bigger than some college stadiums. Um, and, of course, you know, you have Dallas and Houston in the NFL. So, um, you know, take it to a different spot in in, in the big state there. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, San Antonio could be one and, and, and maybe San Diego. I mean, I know you, you know, you lost the Chargers and you have a, you have a big stadium sitting out there. Um, but you know, I, I don't know what the, the attendance could be like, uh, but you know, those are, those are two places that stick out and you got to think that even though, you know, cities and in, in these cold weather climates, you know, the, the, the Phillies, New York, Chicago, New England, stuff like that, obviously they have NFL teams, but you, you have to, you have to think that one of those cities in a, in a, in a cold weather area is uh is going to end up with a franchise so uh we're definitely going to keep tabs on that make sure you're following us again on social media facebook.com slash huddle up podcast and on twitter at huddle up podcast well we like to uh try and stay up on some of these things dave but that's all i got man if you got nothing else this week make sure you give them the uh the old twitter address where they can follow you and we're going to close this thing out yeah, man, good uh, good podcast like normal, talking uh, how wonderful the Cowboys are this year. And we didn't <laughs> mention that college team that we seem to talk about every week. So uh, excellent job this week, Jim. Um, but we are at uh, Huddle Up Dave on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to everyone next week after my uh, Panthers hopefully uh, hopefully uh, smack down on the Redskins. But uh, next week will be a good one because we'll be talking shit on the, uh, the Eagles all week, I'm sure. Absolutely will. Dave, have a good one, bud. We'll talk to you next time. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you, again, are following us on Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast, Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. Follow along with our home network, NGSC Sports. Go to NGSCSports.com. Check all the articles over there, some great stuff from, from the team of writers, the other podcasts on the network, and much, much more. And the sponsor of this show in NGSC Sports is QB54. Go to PlayQB54.com. Use promo code podcast to get 20% off of your order. Again, that is playqb54, the number 54, playqb54.com slash using promo code podcast for 20% off your order. You can also follow me on Twitter at Big Jim Sports. And until next week, folks, enjoy the football, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.